Hello and welcome to the Big on the Inside podcast, a podcast from the ICC Nairobi Podcast Network. ICC Nairobi is dedicated to connecting people to God and to each other, challenging believers to Christ-likeness and changing the world. We have a mission to raise godly generations. On this episode, you'll get to hear from Pastor Gibson Anduvate, the senior pastor at ICC Nairobi. You'll also get to hear from some of his friends as they talk about what it means to lead in this new age. This podcast is for you if you are a seasoned leader or if you are an emerging leader. So welcome to the podcast. Welcome back to season two of the Bigger on the Inside podcast. We are so glad to be back on the podcast. Last season, we talked about Pastor Gibson's freshman book, Leading Young. And since the season one podcast ended, we have been wrestling with the truths and so many of the lessons that we learned for both aspiring leaders and seasoned leaders alike. And we are so excited to be back on the podcast for season two. And as always, I am joined on the podcast with Pastor Gibson Anduvate, who is the senior pastor at International Christian Center, as well as a seasoned leader. And Steve, who is also a seasoned leader, Steve Wagara, who also serves at International Christian Center, Nairobi. This season, we want to focus on unity and organizational unity and all the ways it affects aspiring leaders as well as seasoned leaders. But before we get there, I want to hear from our leaders at the table. How have you been leading since season one? Since we ended season one in January, Steve, how have you been leading? Uh, thank you, please. Uh, I've been leading a day at a time. I take a phrase from my senior pastor. <laughs> Uh, a day at a time, I think uh, the, the lessons from the first season were quite uh, profound. And just introspectively looking at aspects where you think you did well, and just really questioning some of the motives and things you were doing. So I've been ruminating on the lessons and trying to implement it a day at a time. Uh, a day at a time is the best way I can say. In the workspace I am in, in my family, in the areas that I, I have an opportunity to influence. So I do a day at a time. I like that. One day at a time. Small steps add up to bigger steps. Thank you. What about you, Pastor Gibson? How have you been leading? I think I'm reinventing myself. I think post-COVID, COVID was here. It was time of crisis, uh, difficult to lead. I, I say to people, anyone who was in a leadership position during uh, the COVID season, it's like 10 years compressed into two. So... Part of it is there's the COVID fatigue, just the, you've been in this space, we are, you're having to battle with this weight. And then now just what does it look like to get to a place of dreaming again, a place of rest, you know, just being able to rest and to be refreshed. But also believe it's a time to now invest more in others, you know, to empower, to raise up others, you know, to provide opportunity for others to also grow. Uh, on their own journey of leadership. So I think I'm in a season where I'm, I'm going back and beginning to invest a lot more in the teams that are around me, the people that are around me, the young leaders that are around me. I think that's the kind of season that, uh, that I'm in. Lots of dreams, lots of new vision. Yes, yeah, yes. So exciting. It's exciting. It's exciting to, to, hear, to hear both of you share just about the idea that any leader, whether you've been leading for some time or whether you've just started on a leadership journey, whether it's even someone listening to this in there in high school as a head girl or a head boy, that you always keep learning, that learning doesn't end. And that's why I'm so excited for season two of the Big on the Inside podcast because our focus this season would again be more lessons on how we can grow our leadership capabilities as well as inspire and maybe create 
organizational culture in the spaces that we're in. We're going to focus this season on unity and we want anyone listening to this season to be able to walk away from every episode of the 12 episodes we'll have with some tangible truths and practical information that they can then go back into their spaces and give away as tools to inform as well as change organizational culture. Um, Gallup researchers say that unity is paramount to enhancing a sustainable work culture as well as creating growth and innovation. It's not something that is often talked about in spaces of leadership or teams in terms of organization. We hear this word a lot when we talk about, you know, whether it's violence or we talk about terrorism and we talk about the need to be united. But unity for a lot of researchers looks at like increased productivity, collaboration, innovation, as well as creativity. So what does unity look like for each of you in the spaces that you lead? When do you know for sure there's, there's unity? What does that look like? How would you define that, Pastor Gibson? I think for me, when I think about unity, I, I, I normally say it's, it's easier to describe a setting where there is lack of unity than it is to describe a setting where there's unity. It's easy to describe a nation where there is disunity than it is to describe a nation of where there's unity. Even when you think about organizations, it's easier to pick out an organization that has a lack of unity than it is to actually describe that this is the kind of environment that it looks, you know, when, when people are united. But when I think about unity, I think of oneness. I think of oneness, can be oneness of vision, it can be oneness of purpose. I think about unity, I see oneness of heart, you know, a common bond, a movement in the same direction. When I think about unity in terms of an organization, that's what I see where everybody has clarity of the objectives, the goals, the reason for which they exist, and everyone is pushing in the same direction. Everyone is pulling in the same direction. There's movement, but that movement is in the same direction, and the hearts of everyone that's involved are aligned towards being able to push or pull in that, in that, specific, in that specific way. It's a space where there's authentic relationships, where people genuinely care, are concerned about one another. There's an intentional focus to build you know, one another, and also, if I, if I can use the phrase to carry each other's burden, which means we care more about the work, we care about one another. Yeah. We care about where we are at, what each one of us is going through. I like that definition, clarity of vision and purpose, pulling in the same direction. What about you, Steve? I think when Pasi was talking about <coughs> clarity of vision and oneness, I, I thought about a train uh, and how uh, everyone is, every, every carriage is being pulled in the same direction. I mean, they're going on one track, heading to one direction. And I think that's a picture that I hear about unity because every aspect of the train has to be tethered to the other aspect of the train so that they can move towards, let's say if it's going from Nairobi to Mombasa, the carriage go the same direction. But also when I think about unity here, I see uh, uh, probably a synonym of oneness is homogeneity, homogeneous. Well, the, everything is aligned to a, a specific goal or direction. Uh, everything is aligned towards a particular vision and any and every person involved in that space has aligned themselves, uh, regardless of their various differences. They've aligned themselves in that particular aspect. That's really interesting because I think a lot of people, when they hear the word unity, there's this idea that in a united organization or in a united team, people tend to lose their individualism. 
And so when we talk about unity, are we then saying a homogeneity, which is everybody pulling in the same direction? How do we then balance that with, with diversity or balance that with, with the idea that we've all been socialized differently, educated differently? So how do we help aspiring leaders and, and, and seasoned leaders think about unity, not just as homogeneity, we all have to do the same thing, we all have to be the same person, but how do we still hold on to individuality as well as pulling in the same direction? How's it worked for you, Pastor Gibson? You know, praise for me, I believe there can be no unity without appreciating the value of the individual. So for us to be united, we first of all must understand and appreciate each one of us and how we are gifted differently and how we need one another. And, and the walk of, of the path of unity has to begin from the place of where we are aware of who is around us, who are they, what are their aspirations? What are the things that they hold dearly? What are their giftings? Yeah. And I think from that place, we're able to appreciate each other. And we realize that whatever it is that God has called us to, whatever journey we are on, that we cannot make it on our own. Yeah. And so it begins from a place of realizing that we need one another. We need the people that are, that are, that are around us. You know, when I think about the metaphor of the body and the different parts of the body, yeah. you know, the, the head needs the neck. Yeah. You know, the whole body needs the heart. The body needs the feet to be able to move from one place to another. So you think about the system of the body and how every single part needs the other. And you realize that when you, we think about each other in the same way, then we realize that there is what you bring to the table that I don't have. You know, this guy, Pastor Steve, this guy has a degree in mathematics. He's smart, you know. You, you think about uh, having to work through a, a bachelor's degree, you know. It's, it's, but you realize that there's something in him that I need to become better. And then collectively, that God has called us together. And what God has called us to is so much bigger than what any one of us can accomplish on our own. You see? And so the realization that what God has called us to is so much bigger than what we can accomplish on our own, that means that we have to step back and appreciate the people that are around us. And then we, we don't all do the same thing. Because that's what God has not called us to do the same thing, to be the same. That's why each one of us is made unique. So there's a unique contribution that I have to bring to the table. There is a unique contribution that you bring. There's a unique contribution that everyone brings. And so the journey towards a united organization is not one where there is, you know, the same voice and everyone's saying the same thing. But really it's where everybody brings their uniqueness and contributes the whole. And there's a synergy. For me, I, I speak about synergy because when we are contributing out of our, our, our uniqueness, it can become a point of competition, yes. you know? So I'm gifted in one area, other people are not as gifted. So now it's, it's about, you know, how do I, you know, shine in this area or it's competition. But it's not competition. It's where we come and we complement each other. You know, I normally say when human beings compete, especially when you have a common goal, it can be like comparing the monkey and the... And the, and the lion on who is able to climb trees faster than the other. You know, so the gifting is different. They, they are created for different uh, environments. So you have to explore each of them differently. So look at the people that are in the room. What, what, what's their gifting? Appreciate their gifting. What are the things that they care about? Appreciate that. And then once you're able to build the relationship, then you can then begin to say, we can move in this direction and this is what God has called us to. That really sets focus and, and boundaries for our conversation this season. This idea of 
practically going back to the spaces after listening to these conversations and saying, how do I then achieve unity in the space that I'm in? It's not by attempting to make everybody like me, but really truly choosing to see the uniqueness and the gifts that everybody has. And, and just the idea that if we all were to do the very same thing, we would actually be less productive, less efficient, because we don't have the same amount of capacity to do all of the same things. When I think about unity in any space, maybe there's somebody listening to this conversation today and is asking, how then do I measure unity? How, what, is, what is the measuring stick? You know, when you're running a, a marathon, you know, you have all these pointers along the journey that say now you've run, you know, two kilometers, now you have, you know, X amount of kilometers to go. But oftentimes when we are measuring something as ideological or philosophical as unity, it's really interesting to realize that there's no certain measuring sticks. But I think it's important for aspiring leaders and seasoned leaders in the spaces that they're in really to, to know how then, if I've been in a space for two years, how do I then measure and say, okay, there's been movement or there's no movement at all? What has worked for you? I'll start with you, Pastor Steve. Well, <coughs> well I was going to say mathematics is a way to measure unity. <laughs> uh, uh, there's a formula, uh, but, uh, but yeah. uh, I can't remember at the moment. However, I, because unity is something intangible. It's like measuring happiness or satisfaction. You can rate it, but you can't really measure. But there's a way to see or know if there's progress or movement towards unity in an organization. As we said, when people are united, I think we mentioned earlier, there's increased productivity, there's increased collaboration, there's there is newness in the team. So I think a, a way to see, what, which I've seen in the teams that I've worked with, is uh, seasons where there is just a particular air in the team. You feel a sense of purpose within the individual members in the team. You see, feel a sense of, of, of desire to work, a desire to produce more. And I think a, a, a clear measure of unity, one is there will be less fights. <laughs> I think that's like an obvious one. Uh, as you're leading, if your team has less conflict uh, and truthfully there is no conflict. I mean, there's conflict, but the, resol the resolution of the conflict is easier. That's a clear measure of unity. Secondly, there's increased productivity because people now are spending less time fighting and spending more time producing. And, and, and I think that's a clear indication where you can see there's actual progress or movement towards a team that is actually working towards a similar goal or a same vision or goal. So increased productivity, increased creativity, more openness and, and just safety in the team. People are comfortable to be themselves. Uh, speaks in volumes of there is a sense or an idea of safety and unity within the team because they trust each other. I like that. Because those are practical. Somebody can yeah, yeah. go back to their to the organization after listening to this and say, is there productivity? Yeah, so is there innovation? Is yeah. there creativity in my team? Well, you can ask yourself a question. When is the last time in your team meeting where people really shared ideas openly and didn't feel the need to I don't know, like walk through red tape or something, or or people had a conflict openly but resolved it there. I mean, and there was no, and didn't carry back to to work. I think those are questions you can ask yourself because I think I've seen it in teams that I've worked with, where there were seasons where there was a sense of disunity. But when now we walk through the uh, a time where we are working together, there was increased collaboration. People were assisting each other in their projects. People were sharing ideas. People were, I mean, people just were solely invested. They found joy coming to the workspace. I like that. What about you, Pastor Gibson? How have you measured unity on your teams? No, I think uh, Steve has shared, you know, really well. Yeah. But for me, the thing that I just want to add is the whole space of health, you know, when, when you think about the health of the organization. And uh, different organizations have different markers, you know, of measuring their, their level of health. But when you, when you think about it, even in terms of the health of the members of that team, 
you know, in terms of even physical health, emotional health. Because when there's unity and everyone is pushing in the same direction, you find that people are generally, they are happier, you know, they are more engaged. In fact, one of the things you need to look at is how many people take days off, yeah. you know, absenteeism, things of that nature. Because when people are more engaged, they are present, you know, and it also speaks into their own emotional health and their, and their physical and their, and, and their physical health. There's the whole aspect of how are we doing in terms of the goals, objectives, the targets that we've set collectively as a, as a team. You know, those are some of the ways that you can actually see is there unity of the team. Uh, I love what Steve said about conversations, that are there conversations that might be difficult to have, but are being had openly. Mm. Or do people then go and grumble against one another, you know, and, and not really talk about the very, the very, issue, very key issues that are very dear and close to their hearts. I love that because it's so important to know when there's movement towards unity, as well as to know ways that you can constantly keep measuring on for yourself or for your team, even if you are not in a leadership capacity on a team, things that you can do actively to ensure that you're constantly moving towards, towards, uh, towards unity. Gallup researchers actually uh, talk about uh, when employees are not able to take time away from the office or when there's a lot of sick days or sick offs, that that actually speaks into a lack of unity on teams yeah. uh, when employees are constantly not looking forward to being at work and so I loved that aspect that Pastor Gibson brought in about health and what healthiness looks like for you as a team. I want us to pivot and talk about changing and inspiring organizational culture because that's one of the things we have an expectation that these conversations this season will do for people listening in on these conversations that they'll be able to walk away with an idea of how can I change my organizational culture or how can I inspire my organizational culture um, to be better. Maybe you already have unity on your team, but how can you be better? And when I think about organizational culture, I love what um, Knowledge Works and Craig Mole says um, of human resource daily. They talk about organizational culture being the sum total of the expression of the thinking, the speaking, and the acting of its contributors. It goes further and says that organizational culture forms whether there is unity or not. And the difference is that when you have a large unity gap, you have a higher chance of having a team that's either out of control, confused, or toxic. And so this idea that unity or a lack of unity actually really inspires the organizational culture of, of, of the places that you're working. And so when I think about organizational culture, how have both of you been a part of either inspiring or changing the cultures of the spaces that you've been in? What are some of those things you can say to someone listening today who would be like, okay, where do I start? Where do I move from here? I'm, I'm at a place that's really toxic or um, I'm listening to this conversation and I'm realizing, wow, we, don't, we actually are not productive as a team. We work a lot of hours, but we're not productive. We're always running around in circles or we're not able to give feedback correctly. Where can that person start in order to inspire a change in their organization? Mm. Uh, I'll go Steve. first. <laughs> Yeah, I, going with the first de definition, said organizational culture is uh, the sum total of the contributors of the organization. Yeah. Meaning now that every person, 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 every person in the organization is an aspect of the culture. So whatever I view important to me speaks into the culture of the organization. So where am I going with this? Is as an individual in a team that I'm working with, uh, if I perceive or see that the culture there is not healthy, yeah. 
I am cultured in a particular way. I can infuse the, the, the truth or the norms I believe in are healthy in the sense like this in a small team where maybe we always don't have healthy conversations or always wrangle. I create a culture where we have difficult conversations in a healthy way. If it's in a team where we don't have time to take out, we don't take time out, we always overwork. You infuse as an individual. I uh, take a stand and say, from th this day forward, I will work from this hour to this hour. Simply what you're doing is that you're, you know, I think Mother Teresa says, I will be dropping a small pebble in the water, causing ripples, because you are a sum total of the culture. So if I stand and say, I'll be working from this hour to this hour, then it will seep or bleed through the other people you are working with because it will see, okay, this is how we healthily work or this is how we, we, we plan ourselves well. So I think it's the small things you do that affect the health of the, of the, of the culture. So the things that, that are truthful, if it's healthy conversations, if it's uh, fostering a space of uh, community, if it's fostering a space of, of safe spaces where people can easily speak, I think it's those small steps that you're doing towards building the culture of the organization because you are part of the organization and your culture is part of the DNA of the, of the organization. I love the idea that we're not in a vacuum. And I think Pastor Gibson referenced this when he talked about, you know, the verse in Corinthians. It talks about, you know, your, can your head then say to your toe that it's not important, that we all have to work um, together. What about, what about you, Pastor Gibson? What would you say to that? I think change, change always begins from the individual. So when you're part of an organization, you're part of a culture, and the culture is not where you desire to be then you have to take it upon yourself to become an agent of transformation. And that means that then you begin to model that which you would like to see in the, in the, in the wider team. And uh, most of the times I hear people say, you know, I'm just one person. But I say the average one person, you know, that, that, is, a, that is, not, is, a, is an introvert. The average introvert will influence at least a thousand people, you know, in their, in their lifetime, deeply influenced. Which means that each one of us, we are always speaking, we're always influencing people that are around us. So I would say, what is it that you'd like to see that's part of the culture? And can you begin to model that which you desire, which, which you desire to see? And as you begin to model, are there people around you that you can recruit into, into this tribe? Because what then happens is that within the organization, you begin to form a subset, you know, which we, let's call it a tribe for now. So who can you recruit into this tribe? Who is it that is aspiring for what you're aspiring for? And so you begin to form a nucleus of people, a small group of people who aspire to a different kind of culture within the organization. And as time goes, this was, which was a movement of one, maybe becomes a movement, a movement of two, and then the group begins to grow, but you begin to champion a different way of conducting and carrying yourselves within that, within that organization. And so you create a subset kind of culture within the, the culture of the, of, the, of the organization. But then you have to be bold enough to call out the issues that go contrary to what you believe is the right thing. Because that's what I find that most of the times people don't call out. You know, you can see a, a culture that's negative. We either silently yeah, assimilate. assimilate to it. Yeah, or we just, we, we keep quiet. I think so many times there are things that we keep quiet to that really we should be speaking out and, and calling out. And, and over time you will find that there are more people within the organization that want things to be different than those who are comfortable with the status with the, with the status quo. So there has to be one person who's bold enough to say I'm willing to make a difference in this area and I'm going to focus on it. Sometimes we are too ambitious, you know, you want to change the whole ship, 
you know, yeah, just uh, leave the ship and turn into another ship or jump, you know, or turn it around. But I always say, when you think of a cruise ship or a, or a warship, they are aircraft carriers, you can't turn those ships in a single turn, you know. In fact, it's such a process to turn, you know, a, a, an aircraft carrier. I was, I was on, a, on a, like a, a model of an aircraft carrier one time. And for you to turn one degree, you have to rotate that thing, I don't know what it's called, yeah, 33 times. Yeah. Can you imagine? For one degree. And it's such a big process, changing one degree, shifting one degree, that you have two guys that are turning it on and you have somebody there counting. One. Yeah, one, until... 33, 33 rotations to make a one degree, a one degree turn. So you tell me if you're going to make a 180 degrees turn, that's like, yeah, it's going to take you a while before you make that, you, you make that shift. So we also have to be patient to see this transformation happen. And especially with the younger leaders, with the next generation, I think we are we're impatient sometimes. We want to see the change happen tomorrow. But the bigger the organization, the longer the organization has been in existence, the more difficult it is to change, to change the culture. So we have to give it time and have an awareness that this is a journey that we are embarking on, that the true change might actually happen when we are not part of that organization. It's going to take time. But we believe in the power of unity so much. We believe in the power of oneness so much. We believe in this different kind of culture so much that we are willing to give it our best shot, you know, yeah, to see the change, uh, to see the, the change come place, come and take place. So for me, the thing is the patience to be able to keep sowing the seeds, you know, and, and dropping the seeds until that change has actually taken place, and not giving into the frustration when we don't see that change immediately take place. I like that. I really like that. I'm, I'm really excited and I hope anyone who's listening to this is as encouraged if you're in a situation where you're thinking, how can I ever change the sum total of my entire organization, all the departments, you know, all the functions within my space, that this is encouraging to hear that change is possible, but you have to be willing to pay the cost to see that change take place. If you're not, if you're not already hooked to season two of the podcast, well, here is one final question for our podcast guests today i want to ask for the people who are listening to this today what is one thing they can do in the next couple of weeks to strive for unity in their organization what is just one practical step you can give to someone uh, an aspiring leader or someone who's a ceo of an organization has a lot of influence in their space in order for them to go back into their organization and make a change what would that be let's start with you steve uh, be the change you want to see <laughs> Uh, just model, model, um, the, model the change you want to see. Uh, take the step. I like that. What about you, Pastor Gibson? For me, I would say for somebody that's in in senior leadership, I would say find someone that doesn't directly report to you. You know, somebody that maybe it's at a lower level of the organization, and once a month take them out to lunch and just sit and uh, and listen, because they'll enable you to have perspective of the organization you lead that you possibly would never have if you don't spend time with them. If you're maybe part of a team or a department, I would say, find another department that you can contribute to their specific objectives or goals. You know, that you find a way of going out of your way 
to serve someone in a different department or in a different team just to be able to get a good idea of what they do and to be able to become a support around them because sometimes we are you know we operate in silos and the silos are one of the biggest obstacles to to unity in an organization that we have our own department we have our own team this is what we want to shoot for so everything that concerns our team you know we are 150% there but if it's for someone else we are not as as engaged yet i feel that if we did the the opposite that we were there for others and we were you know just giving 150% to help them achieve the objectives that the kind of culture in the organization will begin will begin to shift yeah. Yeah. I have loved the conversation we've been able to have today as we introduce season 2 of the podcast to the listeners and I pray and just hope that these conversations will equip as well as give leaders the necessary tools that they need in order to aspire for unity in the spaces that they're in and especially for those that are working in spaces where they can literally see that there is a lack of unity that these conversations we're going to have this season will be able to just embolden us to stand up for change in the spaces that we're in even if the cost and risk factors are higher for us as employees but this week as we end the podcast in order to strive for unity in your organization you need to do one of three things the first is you need to model the change you want to see actually do it the second thing in order to strive for unity is you need to find someone who doesn't directly report to you and have a conversation with them or take them out to lunch or work at collaborating with other departments we are so excited for the journey we're about to have this season of the big on the inside podcast and we cannot wait for the conversations we will have with you until next time see you thank you for listening to the big on the inside podcast to find out more about icc nairobi or the icc nairobi podcast network head over to our website at iccnairobi.org or you can send us a text message with your feedback or questions on our toll free number 21210 We would love to get to hear from you. We hope that our podcast conversations are encouraging you whether you are an aspiring leader or a seasoned leader. Always be sure to check our show notes for extra tools as well as additional notes on ways you can lead in your space in an influential way. Until next time, thank you for joining us.